This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You're listening to the West Ham Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi. Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Mark Carlaw, standing in for Dave Walker, an XWHU employee. This week we'll be talking about the bitterly disappointing result and second half performance at Spurs, the concerning in-game management, alarming stats for this season, the must-win Forest game, getting news from X before answering questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. So X, um, to be honest with you, I'm not going to pull any punches. I think we need to get into the big topics here straight away this week, mate. Um, and I think we know there's going to be a lot of questions that need to come your way, and I'm going to just hit you with it straight away. How was Thunder Mountain? <laughs> I, was, I wasn't expecting that question. I was like, oh, God, that's straight into it. Um, Thunder, Thunder Mountain was okay. Thunder Mountain is one of the the better ones out of the ones that I had got forced to do by my adrenaline junkie daughter, um, who just seems to have some <laughs> unknown, like, like ridiculously lack of fear um, level. Um, so that wasn't too bad. Indiana Jones um, was uh, more, more scary than I realised. I didn't realise there was a loop in it until I'm actually on it. And I can see it coming. I'm like, oh my God, there's a loop in this. And then by that point, there was uh, nothing else to do other than shut my eyes. But the, the worst yeah. ones, the worst one was Space Mountain. Was that, yeah. that, that goes upside down, spins around and is in the dark. And But after one lap of doing that, I thought to myself, honestly, because I'm on tablets at the moment for my blood pressure and I wow. thought to myself if this goes around the second time I don't know if I'm getting off this you know <laughs> so, <laughs> so Lisa Lisa would have missed the Spurs game which might have been one bonus again but, <laughs> but it was uh yeah thankfully it only went around once and uh I survived and I'm back in England to tell the tale <laughs> yeah, well because they do they sometimes do those t-shirts don't they like I did Space Mountain and survived you actually yeah. didn't get ones actually just uh, to clarify you did do it I do so, but I did everything it was just one of those days I just thought my daughter would be, she, to be fair to her, she'd been really good. We'd done all the sort of Spider Man stuff for my son, and she'd 
playing along and been really good. And she didn't get to do any of the sort of ridiculous rides that an uh, eleven-year-old shouldn't want to do. But uh, she, so the last day at Disney, we were like, I was like, oh god, I just have to bite the bullet and do this for her. And yeah, we just did everything. So I pretty much completed Disneyland, mate. Thank you. Nice one, nice one. Well, yeah, and you and um, you're back, mate. You had to, unfortunately, you had to endure the Tottenham game, um, which was. Um, I mean, we have to, we had to obviously talk about it. It was. I actually found it quite a strange one, really. It was. Um, I, I thought we started pretty well, looked, looked pretty solid, and then it all just went horribly wrong. What What was your thoughts on the game, mate? Overall. Well, um, let's start with a positive. I got to share the experience with a great man, a great man <laughs> that's, that's stepped in um, for us. Um, on this podcast, on many other podcasts. So, uh, yeah, I so shout out to you, Mr. Carl for attending the game with me. But um, yeah. my thoughts on my thoughts on the game, it's just, it's just so frustrating because obviously the first half, the first half was um, uh, actually not too bad. Um, it was, it was a good performance. I thought a good maybe is a bit strong, but we nullified Tottenham. We were the better side. We'd done well that first half, and I thought to myself, you know what? Again, this is good. Now we've nullified them. We've got the fans are quiet. The, you know, this is because the, their fans are like non-existent in the mm. first half. So I thought, right, great, get them in at half time. Say to them, you've done well, boys. Let's build on this and let's go and attack them second half. But we just didn't do that. We just didn't attack. We just sat back, sat back. The inevitable mistakes in defence came. And then before you know it, you're tuning down, you're out of the game. And I, I just I just don't get the, the current tactic from Moyes at the moment because the, the obvious tactic is to set up not to lose, right? Mm. That's the obvious tactic. It's clear to see. He's even said it himself. But once we are already, once we are losing, the setup tactic seems to be still set up not to lose, even though we are losing. And like, so, it just, so it just makes no sense, no sense whatsoever. Like, and, mm. and I just think to myself, had we been more positive that second half, had we got at them from the start, and maybe, mm. you know, maybe had we brought Ings on and taken one of the, the, the centre backs off, or, you know, taken. Um, downs off and put Ben Rama on or something like mm. that from uh, half time. It would have given us that attacking initiative to go and attack Spurs and maybe try and go for those three points. But instead, we were very, very negative and we've 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 lost a game. We and and the London derby against our our biggest rivals in this league. Of course, we say that Millwall um, is mm. uh, is our biggest rival, but. Um, but uh, Tottenham are, are traditionally more of a rival in the sense that we play them and we don't play Millwall. So anything mm. can happen in a London derby. You go out there and if, in some ways the best way to handle a London derby is to attack it, is to yeah. go in it positively because you never know what will happen. And that's that second half was just so negative that it, it's really hard to offer any kind of defence of it really. I, mate, it was so frustrating. I, like you say, I thought the first half would look good. I thought we looked pretty solid. I don't, I don't recall really Tottenham really threatening. After, after a couple of chances fell to Richarlison, but I thought he was poor yeah. um, for them. Apart from that, I didn't think they offered anything. I, 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 I all right, we didn't really, you know, we weren't attacking their their goal overly either. But we didn't really look in any danger. And like you say, you go in at half time. I think we were saying to ourselves, you know, between ourselves, then you know. The momentum's with us. They're going to be going in feeling probably quite anxious and this isn't going very well. West Ham are playing better than us overall. Um, it's there for the taking. I, I don't know what Moyes sees in these games. And like you say, if he'd, have, if, if he'd have brought in, say, Danny Ings, I mean, my feeling was possibly taking downs off 
kept Antonio on, put him more of an, in a winger position, and then had, say, Danny Ings up front, not only would it have shown um, that West Ham were going for it, I think it would have, it have given the fans a bit of a buzz, yeah. probably made them quite nervous, thinking West Ham mm. are going for this here now, that you know, we've, got, we've got to be quite careful. But no, he doesn't. He, he sits on his hands, he, he doesn't do anything, and... I couldn't really understand the second half performance. I'm I'm so angry about it. I don't I don't know what was going on. It was just so casual. We were just all over the place. Just, and like you say, mate, you know, go one nil down. You're looking over at David Moyes, going right. This is where you earn your money now. This is where you show you, you know your nous in the game and say right. I'm going to now turn the tide and we're going to get back in this. He just stands with his hands in his pockets. Look, watching it's. I don't know what he's waiting to happen. And I think he made a substitution at about 15, 20 minutes later, something like that. And I'm thinking, what, why? What was what, what was you hoping to happen within that 15-minute spell? Yeah. And nothing changed. And then, well, by that time, the game was out of sight anyway. And, I, I, yeah, I'm so upset, mate. Re- really disappointing. And as you say, yeah. to lose to Tottenham just makes it even worse, doesn't it? Oh, 100%. And this is the thing. Like, I, as I say, the first half, he'd done all right. I can understand it. Like, I try and get into his mindset as to what he's thinking tactically. He obviously thought nullify them first half. They've, they've had a couple of dodgy results. Get mm. the crowd like disheartened, and then we'll try and make a win. But he didn't offer any attacking options to try and get that win. And it's what Declan Rice alluded to in his press conference after the game, where he said, you've got to give the forwards opportunities to score. And if you go through that team, <coughs> you count in terms of whether they're a defensive or an attacking player. Obviously, the keeper is defensive. All the defenders are defensive. So that's six. Then you've got mm. Declan Rice, who's defensive. You, uh, Suchek's kind of 50-50 but in current Formation, I would say defensive, so that's seven. Then you've got downs, eight, that's defensive. I mean, mm. you, you, you're like, you've got no, you've got the only two attacking players really on the pitch were Bowen and Antonio. And, yeah. and, and you know, it was just, uh, it, it's just baffling. And, and I just don't really know what to say, mate. I, if I'm honest with you, I was kind of dreading doing this podcast because mm. there is no, there is no obvious answer to what, the, what to do. People say the obvious answer is to sack boys, and probably, you know, that is the obvious answer, and to many, that's what they think should happen. But, but if if we accept the fact, which I don't, I believe is that Moyes won't get the sack, he won't get the sack for Nottingham Forest, I don't think at the moment anyway, and I'll allude to more of this in my section, then, mm. then you have to think what you're going to do with the team. Because that, because the change in the manager at the moment doesn't seem to be an option. Whilst everyone might say it should be, the fact mm. is, I, I don't think he will be gone by Forest. So I was thinking about the team for Forest, and I was almost thinking, why don't they just literally go for it? It would completely destroy Moyes' DNA, and he would probably have some kind of system malfunction if he did it. <laughs> but why? Why not? Why not? But Ariola in goal because I don't, yeah. you know, I don't think Fabianski's been particularly at fault for things. But I can't remember the last game I came away and thought, "Oh gosh, well done, Fab, you kept us in there. You made some great saves." Can't mm. remember the last time I thought that, and I've said this for years. So let's be honest: the future is Ariola over Fabianski. And then mm. I was, I don't think Zuma's fit. If Zuma's fit, you stick a back three of Zuma, Ogbonna, and Agued. That mm. they, those three are good, are great centre backs to have their yeah. experience, tickle qualities. That's that's your free. If Zuma's not it fit, which I doubt he will be for Forest, then you put you know, but you could put Kerra there. You could have Johnson there. Johnson, you yeah. could have Shafau even. I'm not overly 
or Cresswell on the left side and put Gwen over on the right. I'm not overly fussed with that extra person. I'll probably go with Kerra just, although I know he's got the stakes in him. I do believe he can. Turn it around. Then you put Rice in the role and you say to him, right, Rice, you're doing what you do for England. You're sitting in front of that back three and you are playing defensive midfield role and that's your job you have Paqueta if he's fit alongside him but more of a box to box and then I was thinking you stick Ben Rama on one flank Bowen on the other flank and then have either Fornells or Lanzini for a bit of creativity so I'm going to go with Fornells and then mm. you put then you put Skamaker and Ings up front so you've got the old school little not isn't that little but little and large combo that yep. got to prove themselves and you just go for it and if I turn up to the Nottingham Forest game and I see that that's the team immediately that gives me a buzz and it basically mm. oh we're actually going for this and I think yeah. that's the only, I think that's the only thing we can do now like I, I just don't know what else there is left to do we're trying everything and it's not working so that's got to be it uh, yeah, I agree. I, it, it, that's, that's the thing. It, the problem is, it, it goes against David Moyes, and he's just his stubbornness is just so obvious and evident every week. And like you say, like you just you can kind of predict our lineup every week quite easily. Do you know what I mean? I know you provide that for Patreon, don't you? So, yeah. It's great that you get that, but it's almost like it pretty much writes itself because you know what he's going to do. You know his yeah. mindset. I mean, thinking about yesterday, uh, X in that ga- game, I remember one point um, he brought on four nails and Johnson. And we were 2 nil down at that point. And I think, as you knew you were saying, I genuinely don't really know what the point of this substitution is. Like, And, yeah. and he had Skamaka sitting there behind him. Now, and this is what frustrates me with David Moyes. I appreciate, you know, I'm not behind the scenes. I don't know really what's going on. But end of the day, Skamaka's been training all week. Um, he, he's, a, he's a professional footballer, plays for Italy. He can't be that unfit. He can't surely not be able to cope with 10, 15 minutes of football. Just put him on and say, look, get the ball into him. He's a tall, he's a tall striker. Get some crosses in. Because if he can get on the end of one and get us back in this game, Tottenham could crumble. Mm. But again, he, he opts to put on four nails. And you just think to yourself, like... I, I don't know, mate. I, I, it's almost like he's really starting to shoot himself in the foot. I mean, we'll come to a couple of bits of him shortly regarding some of the comments he said. But um, yeah, overall, mate, it was it was very disappointing, wasn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. And and, and the thing is, you, I always always try to take a positive out of it. You know, you could argue the first half was a positive, but ultimately we've lost the game. Now, I, I just I, West Ham fans. I think it's quite a simple solution to get West Ham fans on the side. If West Ham fans see that we're at least going for the win, at least trying to play football, Mm. at least having some positive intent, then they're going to be more sympathetic to your cause than if you just set up negative the whole time. So it's almost like his stubbornness is just overlooking some obvious solutions. And I just mm. don't, I don't understand it. And, you know, people have criticized the coaching staff as well. And of course, everyone in this situation, the coaching staff, the players, the board, everyone mm. has to take some responsibility. But I've been told that David Moyes is so, um, what's the word? So much of a control freak that it doesn't matter what the, the coaching staff say to him, he's setting his ways. And you know, mm. I think a couple of the coaches, and it would be unfair for me to name them because I don't want to cause any more negativity, but a couple of the coaches have become frustrated at his lack of um. Uh, acceptance of their opinions mm. and stuff, and so it, it is becoming a real issue. You know, ultimately, I think the ideal solution would be at this point now to have the that manager out there that you think, yeah, bring him in. That mm. this is the way forward. 
But, you know, people would say, bring anyone in now. And yes, maybe that is an argument, but that is not what will happen. Like, I, I find it hard to just say you're bringing anyone when I know mm. that's not what will happen. Maybe, maybe through being ITK or whatever, it shoots myself in the foot a little bit because I can't just accept that that's the solution because I know that's not how the chairman or whatever would work. So yeah. for me, I, I can't sit here and just say, sat boys, sat boys, sat boys, sat boys. I don't think that's what will happen. I have to try and look at a solution that Moyes can implement. And for me, it has to be to have a more positive setup going into these games and to take them as we are a better team than Nottingham Forest. On paper, we've got better players. Yes, they're on a better form than us. And yes, that doesn't, on paper, doesn't mean anything. But we shouldn't be paying so much attention to nullifying their threat. We should be wanting them so I have to pay attention to nullifying our threat. And that means we should set up in an attacking way. Surprise them. They probably think we're going to go 5-4-1 or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, surprise them. Go with a different formation and see what happens. What's the worst that could happen? We lose the game. We would have probably lost the game anyway. So just go for it. That's my... And I just... I just... I don't know. Very hard to talk about West Ham at the moment. It is, yeah. It's very painful, and and uh, the concern is for for me personally, mate, and I'm sure for for yourself and everybody else is that I'm struggling to find three worst teams in West Ham in the season. I really am. We're in the relegation zone, and we deserve to be there. This isn't a fluke. Um, this isn't bad luck. I'm bored of hearing Moyes alluding to the fact it's always bad luck and bad luck of injuries. Yes, you've had injuries, but so do other clubs. You can't just keep suggesting that we're the only club that get them. Um, at the end of the day, he's just had a January transfer window. Sold his one of one of our key defenders in Dawson and didn't replace him and. He, he can't just keep pretending that it's all, um, all everything's against him. Um, funnily enough, we, you, you, when we were um, on the way home uh, from the game yesterday, you sent over um, something on uh, WhatsApp, mate. It was the st- um, some statistics, and it was, and this is something that's quite well known actually, especially amongst West Ham fans, is Moyes' performance against top six sides. Now, I appreciate that not necessarily this means too much because you know the top six sides are notoriously more difficult to beat because of the players they have and. And, and let's be honest, in the situation we're in, they're, they're probably not going to be the season-defining moments. We need to beat the teams around us. But the record is quite shocking. Um, and this is since David Moyes came back to the club. So I'm just I'm not going to go through every team. But in total, he said here, we've played 26 times we've played against the top six side. We've not won one of them. We've drawn four and we've lost 22. We've, that's a, basically, we've got four points from 26 matches overall. And that's that's pretty shocking, isn't it? And you know what I've found out since I sent you that as well, Mark, that that graphic doesn't include the Arsenal defeat and the Spurs defeat. Oh, so, it's, so, so, so it's even more shocking when you add those no, it's two. 28 games now, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, that that for me, fundamentally, is what the, where the problem lies. Now, this, and not, and this is where the problem lies with David Moyes' management as well, not just at West Ham, but as a manager, full stop, because we know that when he was Everton manager, he had bad records against the big sides. I don't think he's won at Anfield or something like that. And you know, it's mm. a terrible record. And this is the problem. He pays too much respect to the opposition. Every time we go into a game, it's worrying. And I know this, not just as an opinion. I know this as a fact from speaking to people. We worry. We spend 90% of the time worrying about how the opposition can set up and 10% how we're going to set up. Now, we signed a Brazilian international, an Italian mm. international, a you know I, an Ivory Coast winger who had... 
who'd done well in the Premier League the seasons before. We signed attacking back Danny Ings, a proven Premier League goal scorer. <coughs> we have signed players to make us should be a challenge to the opposition. But then we spend the whole time focusing on how we're going to stop them. We need to shift that mentality to being mm. a positive side and a team that 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 feels that they can beat other beat other teams. Because what you're saying to the players as well by constantly doing this is actually, lads, I don't think you're actually that good. So what we need to do is we need to shut up um, shop. Mm. We need to make sure that they we, we nullify the opposition because you're not actually that good of players. And if we can nick a goal, then we'll win the game because, you know, you might be able to put one of the chances away and we might be able to win one nil. It, it breeds a lack of confidence. You need yeah. to be saying to Danny Ings, look at your goals record in the Premier League. Antonio, you're, you're West Ham's all-time goal scorer. Gerard Bowen, you're in the England squad. Quentin, mm. you're a Brazilian international. We should be bossing teams like, you know, Nottingham Forest and other teams like that. We should we should be beating these teams. So go out there and do it. And unfortunately, this is where David Moyes is coming unstuck massively. And, you know, you can say the situation's turned around and it's turned around is too strong a word. I think it did improve despite what people say. Yes, mm. we didn't win against Chelsea and Newcastle, but we got points in difficult games, which we weren't doing um, previously. And we had beaten Brentford and Derby. And so it was a bit better, but ultimately he shot himself in the foot again against Tottenham by setting up the way he has. He He's bringing on all this pressure onto himself and it's very, very hard to defend him going forward beyond this point. And, you know, I, I just don't, yeah, I don't understand it. I think people, um, I think I think we'll beat Forest. I think we will. Oh, maybe I'm blindly confident and people probably think that of me at the moment, but I think we'll beat Forest. But he has to, has to try and change something against bigger clubs. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Absolutely. And, and, and that's the other thing with uh, David Moyes that I think is frustrating. Like we just said there, 28 games, haven't won one of them. Why wouldn't you change it? Surely you've got to look yourself in the mirror and say something isn't working. Like we all have our own jobs and responsibilities in our life. If something isn't working and it's been failing, you need to address it. You can, I just don't understand why there never seems to be a shift in any of the pattern. It just, it's, it, I, mean, I think there's that quote, isn't it, like Einstein made about, you know, it's just, isn't it a sign of uh, madness or whatever? In that you're doing the same thing over and over again, expecting the same, you know, but expecting a different result. And that's effectively what David Moyes is doing. One thing, X, I wanted to ask you about, and um, uh, there's a couple of bits I was going to bring up, but one of them was um, David Moyes' comments in the week. So uh, it came out, he did some uh, podcast. Uh, to be honest with you, I can't remember the name of it, it's off my head. Um, and now it, I'm not sure when it was recorded. It, it, I, I don't know whether it was just now. I mean, I'm getting a little bit annoyed that they keep doing these interviews because I don't yes. think it's helping matters either. I, no. I, I find it 
terrible PR. We don't want to keep hearing from the manager. But he said a comment that really annoyed me. And he, he and, I, and I don't want to try and take it out of context. I appreciate that can happen. But he did say along the lines of, but West Ham fans, we well, I'm not saying West Ham fans, you, 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 anyone's lacking football intelligence if they're expecting West Ham to be in the top six and seven every season. Now, I think that's really poor. One, it's like what you just alluded to there. It's not breeding much confidence, is it, amongst the players and the fans? But also, it's almost like he's kind of now going down a path of suggesting, well, look, I'm at a small club. We haven't got much budget. I, I, I'm sorry, David. Like you've been given a lot of money this summer. You've you've picked out. You know, you've got a fifty million pound Brazilian international in the you know pitch. You've got Declan Rice, who's probably the best one in the best midfielders in the world. You know, Skamaka's up front. So to allude to the fact that we should all effectively be expecting this kind of season, I think is pretty poor. What, what did you see that? And what was your thoughts on it? Um, I did see it, and I think you're right. I don't know why they keep allowing these interviews to happen. I would say, look, until the club are doing well or in a comfortable position we're not allowing access to podcasts and sky mm. interviews and so on because even the most innocent of comment can be twisted twisted mm. um the wrong way um but i i do believe david boy should be saying things like that and i think it's a massive backtrack because we've talked about how you know when he first came in we were going to be a red bull model and we were going to develop for the future and this is a, a long-term project and so on i think we moved to the stadium under the promises that it was a world-class stadium and we'd get a world-class team for it. So we were the ones that were told that that was what mm. we should expect. So to then take it away, I think is, is, is not right. I don't think it sets a good, um, like motivation. If you're basically just saying, you know, West Ham fans, you have to accept your shit. Basically. Um, mm. I think that's, that's not exactly the greatest like r- rallying inspirational speech Absolutely. to come out with. I do, I do think in some ways that West Ham as a whole, maybe our expectations, and you could say for different reasons have mm. gone beyond what is realistic a little bit. Sometimes I think obviously this season that, course that we shouldn't be in a position we're in no way but mm. when you think about it re- realistically in terms of finances and size of club and i've said it before on this podcast but just to reiterate you know manchester united manchester city liverpool um newcastle arsenal chelsea tottenham you could possibly throw Aston Villa. That that's nine teams I can think of there. Maybe even Everton in some ways. Although they've been poor for a few years mm. now. That's ten teams that really, in terms of size and finances and so on, are bigger than West Ham. Now, so then realistically, if you put it into that context, is mm. a mid-table to to sort of lower half of the table expectation um, realistic for us, is it? That, that, that's the question. Of course, that's a negative attitude to, to have, but we haven't won a cup in 40 years, 42 mm. years. You know, um, we haven't won anything in my lifetime. We've only won the FA Cup three times in our history. We've never won the League Cup and we've never won the League. So, um, we've rarely finished in the top half of the table. I've seen West Ham renegade three times in my life as well. So, <coughs> I'm not saying he's right in those comments. No way. I think he's. I think he's wrong. What he's sending is no way he should say it. And I mm. think. And I think West Ham fans have the right to expect more this season, definitely. But maybe there's a slight argument, and I'm not defending what where we are now. Mm. Maybe there is a slight argument that the last two seasons have raised expectations 
so high that they might be hard, unrealistic to maintain. You look at Leicester, for example. I just I just think there's better things you could be saying when your club's in a difficult situation as, as it mm. is. No, I, I do. I do where you're coming from. I, I, I know what you mean. I, I actually don't. I, my feeling is, I think West Ham fans would have been more than happy to accept a mid-table finish this season. I don't think it would have been too bad. I mean, it always just seems feels like West Ham. It's either one thing or the other, isn't it? It's either really good or very, very bad. We never seem to have just like a, just a comfortable season where we go. Where did you finish? Oh, we finished eleventh, but it was it was okay. We never flirted with relegation. I don't think fans would have been too bad with that, especially the fact if we'd have given Europe a good crack. I mean. I don't know how I say it, mate. I'm actually starting to dread the European games now, like just because of the way we are in the Premier League season. We kind of could just do without it. I know it's, and I hate to say that because West Ham are in Europe and it should be something we're excited about. But the way things are going, I'm kind of looking on thinking, oh, you know, we could just do without the bloody thing. But hopefully, you know, we'll start seeing a bit more, um, you know, a, a turn in the tide a little bit. But I don't know. It's it's hard to see, isn't it, at the moment? Um mm. There was another um, thing I was going to show you, mate, was um, in terms of um, some stats that came out. Now, I actually, I saw this on the way home and I thought that someone's obviously mucked around with a graphic and uh, this can't be true, but it's not. This was Sky Sports and this was, we, we lose this earlier regarding not attacking enough. We've got, we're far too defensive. Now, what they've provided is, they've said, the, they provided statistics for the past two seasons and comparing it to this season as, a, as an average for the last two compared to this season, okay? So for the past two seasons in headed goals, we were third in the Premier League. We're now bottom, we're 20th. Um, for set-piece goals, we were second. We're now 18th. Goals from crosses, we were, we were top of the Premier League for the past two seasons, which is pretty amazing. We're now bottom of the league. Touches in the box uh, per goal. We were third in the league. We're now 19th. And this is assists from dead balls. We were top of the league for the past two years. And now we're bottom of the league. I mean, that is so bad. I mean, I mean, surely to God, if, if you were, I mean, if I was an owner of this football club now, I'd be putting David Moyes in and putting these stats in under him and saying, what the hell is going on? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, maybe it's a case of being found out. <clears throat> like you know, maybe teams have realised that we—that's what we do—get the ball, put it into the box, and Suchik heads it or whatever. Like I know that mm. sounds such an obvious answer, but I just think with West Ham, we're so rigid in what we do. Like there's very little changing each week in terms of you know mm. how we do things. So once you've studied the videos, if you've got a good analytical team, you realise that they put the ball into the near post, Suchik heads it, and it's a goal or he flicks it on and then someone follows on. I think it's just so obvious what we do. The other teams are just really, really aware of it now. And and the, and the problem is players like Suchek just aren't, aren't doing what they used to do. He was one of the main factors in those headed, you know, those things, balls into the box and so on. Um, Cress, Cresswell was the deliverer. You know, he's barely played the last few weeks. So we don't have anyone particularly great from set ball pieces you know mm. there's no one that you look at and think yeah they deliver it I mean the fact that you know Decker Rice is taking corners you know shows that we've almost like um, ex exhausted all other options now because he's six foot three six foot four he should be in the box Absolutely. not taking corners um, and it, it's just like I just don't know I just don't know what's going on like we we we, you know, West Ham were linked with James Ward-Prowse in the summer. He would have been the perfect signing to have made, more so than Paqueta. Now, I don't know what Southampton were asking. You know, I don't know if they were asking for um, 
like like 80, 90 million, but we mm. paid 50, 60 for Paqueta. James Ward-Prowse is unbelievable from set pieces. You know, mm. he's he's got an unbelievable record. Signing him would have been perfect. And this is where our recruitment strategy goes funny as well because we sign, we, we identify like 10 targets and then we make a bid for one, see what happens, make a bid for another, see what happens, make a bid for a third and so on. And then we just scrape around and see what's the best deal we can get. When you look at the midfielders, we were heavily linked with and close to signing, which I can tell factually we bid for. You know, you go with, obviously, Paqueta's the one we got, but you have Anana, or his name is Everton, he's mm. a defensive midfielder. You have, um, so you have uh, Ward-Prowse, you have... Um, McGinn, McGinn, or whatever his name is, at Aston yeah. Villa. Um, who else was there? Conor Gallagher. You know, they're they're all such different players. You know, they're mm. all yes, they're all by definition central midfielders, but they're all completely different styles. And it's almost like this recruitment scattergun um, strategy just doesn't doesn't work for us because. Ward Prowse would have been the perfect one, but then we we don't spend that much on him, so we'll sign someone completely different to him via trying to sign someone else different to him. Um, and it's uh, the recruitment as well is a big problem, a big problem because you know you, that is why the set pieces are, are falling apart because we don't have anyone to take them, and we don't mm. have any variation other than Suchet to head them. And you know, I think it's statistically that. And, and the manager and the analysis of uh, everyone at this club needs to sit down and just look at what the problem is. And if they've got any any ability, they need to work out what the problem is and fix it immediately. Yeah, they do. It, it, I mean, it's, it's getting to a point now where I think I've, I've kind of wanted to. But I mean, I was speaking to you before the game yesterday. I think I even said it to you after actually that I sort of thought, well, no, I think we'll be all right. Ex. I think you know, I do think we'll survive. But the more I've slept on it I'm, and looked at the fixtures and because if you look at our points total now I think we're sitting on 20 points and you, you know you, you do sit there and think I think we need to get to about 38 37 38 points this season to stay up I, I, it's really hard to see that at the moment really hard to see where these points are going to come from I mean we've got you know the forest game coming up which we'll talk about and we'll talk about in a minute but my word mate I mean this is now getting to a point of critical um and I, I actually genuinely believe there's a there's a real chance West Ham could get relegated this season now. There really is. And oh, yeah, definitely. Um, if, 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 out of just interest, and this is just purely obviously, if you were, if Moyes were to let go, and is there anyone that jumps out at you you think you'd want to bring in? I, I just, I, let's be honest, there isn't for me an obvious candidate. Is there anyone that you, if you were in charge of the club, you'd just go to look, come in and just do us a short term job? And get us out of this. If it's on that basis, you know, my ideal people, as I've said before, would be people whose careers are on the up. So you're mm. talking the Celtic manager, you're talking maybe Michael Carrick, you're talking Vincent Company, you're talking mm. though, or even that guy. I mean, he's too experienced, but the one I talked about, the English guy that um, learned his stuff on Football Manager. But I um, yeah, I wouldn't go for him now because he's too experienced. But I want a manager like that, a manager that's new, that's got fresh ideas. That's Young, that's on the way up. I mean, you look at Arteta and what he's done at Arsenal. You know, he was the assistant manager before. Um, he hadn't had any managerial experience, and you know, he's done what what he's done. And I, I think I, I, that's what I want. So, someone that's on the way up. That ultimately would be for me mm. the right choice. I think Vincent Company seems the most obvious one alongside the Celtic guy. Um, and um, 
Yeah, for the the standout ones for me. But then in terms of short term, because that's what it will be. If yeah. they sack him, it will be someone that will be brought in to the end of the season. There's not many options out there for me. I think Rafa Benitez is possibly past it now. They didn't do a particularly good job at Everton. Um, mm. And I don't know. He's quite defensive-minded anyway. Then you look at the Southampton manager, possibly him as in the Hassel, Hilson, Holt, or whatever his name was. Yeah, him, yeah. yeah, him possibly because he did a good job with Southampton. On a yeah. budget. You can look at him. Dare I say it? Could you take someone like Harry Redknapp with Mark Noble. I'm so glad you said that because I was about yeah. to say Harry. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that just seems so desperate. Even, even oh, the thought know. of Sam Allardyce. But I mean, my God, that would be a horrendous, <laughs> horrendous step back, wouldn't it? Um, so I, I just kind of part of me thinks, you know, anyone, anyone yeah. really could be an option. But that—that that is the problem. Are they? Are they the right option? Yes, you can argue anything's got to be better than Moyes, but is it? Is it better than Moyes? Will Moyes pick up a result against Nottingham Forest? I, I believe we we probably will. And and then then you have to say, well, would a new manager coming in definitely do that? And and you don't know. It's too hypothetical. And yes, there's yeah. five sit out of the six clubs at the bottom that change their manager, but Nottingham Forest didn't change their manager, neither did Leicester when people were telling them that they should. Mm. They've got themselves out of it. You know, I I just I just don't know what the answer is. And I know that's not the best thing to say for a football podcast where we're meant to be giving constructive opinions. But I, I, I'm not a head of recruitment for managers. I just don't know who's out there in the foreign leagues. There might be someone like Brighton picked up. You know, Brighton mm. picked up a couple of managers. Brilliant. Maybe there's someone out there for them. But then you look you look at Everton. They appointed Dyche. They, they went back to one of the obvious choices. Leeds are apparently talking to Benitez. Southampton considered Jesse Marsh. So they're, they're all doing the same names. Um, That's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So... So, you know, could you argue even like Kevin Keane from the Academy bit? You know, yeah. Something yeah. like that. Like, you know, there's, 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 there are alternatives, but I just don't know what the answer is right now. I really don't. It's just very frustrating. The answer for me is whoever the manager is, just get some confidence into these players. Tell them, right, we're starting afresh. We're, we're an attacking team now. And go out and try and win games. And whatever. Mm. Whoever the manager is, that will give more success than what we're currently doing. Absolutely. Well, mate, we're, I mean, we're heading into Nottingham Forest this weekend, and uh, I mean, I, I can't think of a, a more, you know, a more, a more bigger must-win game for West Ham. Uh, it, it really is like, it, it, I can't, if, if anything other than three points, you've got to imagine it's going to be. Well, I, I wouldn't want to think about it really, especially not in terms of bad position, but also for the manager. I just, I can't see him being kept on surely if we don't get the result. Um, what's your feelings going into Forest? I know you've kind of already said you do feel like we're going to win. Are you genuinely that confident or is or, or is that just a little bit, you know, fingers crossed kind of feeling more than anything? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm overly confident. I, I, do, I do think we'll win if we play to how we should play. Obviously, Forest are on a bit of a, a bare form. They got a great result against Man City at the weekend. Mm. Um, they got to a cup semi final. You know they're they're doing better, much better than it's seen that they would do at the start of the season. Um, so they're not by no means are they an easy match. But 
I, I just try to hold on, maybe blind optimism. I don't know that we will are better than Forest and that we will beat Forest. And if we beat Forest, then that takes us um, into a much better position because obviously it's a six pointer against them, um, and it would it would put us into a much better position going into the into the next game. So then you got you know Man United in the cup, which is kind of like a almost like a, 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 a no-win situation because we, we will play them and then um, hopefully we'll beat them. But if we you know don't beat them, it's not the end of the world type thing. Um, but then we've got fixtures that we, we should be able to pick something up from. You know, like, I, I can't remember. I don't know if you've got them in front of you, but like um, we've got what Brighton are coming up and I know they're yeah. our bogey team um, and, and they are like forever the team we don't beat. But... Um, Again, you know, go on. Yeah, go on. we've got Southampton as well coming yeah. up. So Southampton, you, you'd hope that we've got Aston Villa, I think, as well, somewhere yeah. in, that, in that mix. So you'd think you could, you'd like to think we could beat Nottingham Forest. You'd like to think we could, think we could beat Aston Villa. I think, as you say, Southampton, yeah. I think Fulham are in there at some point. Bournemouth are in there at some point. So there are games where we can pick the three points up from, but... <clears throat> whether we will or not, who knows? But the the only thing I can say to West Ham fans is, understandably, understandably, Twitter and everything has become incredibly negative. I, I've stopped reading our Telegram. I've stopped reading Twitter. I just can't take the negativity. Uh, I understand the negativity to an extent because we're playing badly and we're in a relegation zone. That's not what we've been used to these last couple of years. I get that. But being this negative about the situation is not going to change the manager. The only people that are going to change the manager are the board. If the board wants to stick with the manager, then that is what's going to happen. In fairness mm. to the fans, I think at the matches, the atmosphere has been, uh, been fine. Mm. I don't think it's been affected too much. The only thing we can do is try and get behind this team and get us out of the, the situation we're in. And yes, we might not want boys, and yes, he might hate boys, but ultimately he's the manager at the moment and we can't do anything about that so we just have to try and try and hope that we can turn this into a positive run of games coming up and see what happens but I do think we are in a bit of danger sleepwalking towards relegation yeah but but the, the you you can't change that that's for the chairman's opinion that Moyes is the right man for the job at this mm. moment and, and that's all there is to it I just hope someone can get into his head and tell him to try and play a more positive formation. I get the feeling that some players did try to do that prior to the Tottenham game, and he didn't listen. Maybe he'll mm. listen this time. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 well, he's got to. I mean, I mean, I don't think he will, but I mean, that's not my point. I, I was looking at these fixtures, actually, mate. I think, the, looking at it, the home games are going to be the real key here. Um, starting with Nottingham Forest, as, as you said. Um, after that, I'm just thinking, just looking at the home games here, we've got... Um, Forest at home, then we've got Villa at home, and then Southampton at home. They're the next three Premier League home games. I think they're really three cup finals for us because mm. after that, we've got a tough run of games. We've got Arsenal at home, then Liverpool at home, and obviously a couple of away games in between. So I'd go as far as saying they are now all three must must win games. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, I really do. It's, it's quite worrying, but it's going to certainly be interesting. In terms of then uh, the news from yourself, mate, I really do hope that this section you're going to provide some light to this podcast because, uh, yeah, we, we, blimey, we do need it. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.